Lisa LaRue is a research director and senior researcher within the Interdisciplinary Unit for Religion and Development Research at Stellenbosch University in South Africa. As a sociologist with a background in practical theology, she's built a research career at the intersections between religion and development. Internationally, her empirical research is done with and for governments, global faith-based organizations, and development networks and organizations. And over the last 10 years, she's secured funding and delivered research projects across 21 countries on four continents. The majority of her work is in the global south, in conflict-afflicted settings, and it reflects on religion, religious leaders, and religious communities as role players within the international development arena. Dr. LaRue has a particular interest in religion and various forms of social violence, especially gender-based violence, and her recent interfaith work has included Hindu, Islamic, and Christian settings. I sat down with her to speak about her work at the intersection of religion and violence. I actually got into working on gender-based violence through HIV. <clears throat> so I'm South African. So HIV was big in my country. Um, and and uh, when I worked at the unit that I still work at, at the Unit for Religion and Development Research, um, we did a lot of work around HIV and, and religion and religious communities. <clears throat> but as those who work on HIV will know, um, to work on HIV is to work on gender and, and you know, to look at, at power within relationships and how that is responded to. Um, so, so that's how my work started morphing more into gender-based violence. And I think, you know, when I started working on to the, in that, I really found my sweet spot. It's really what I'm most interested in. Um, so it used to be, um, started off actually working specifically on sexual violence, sexual violence against women and conflict-affected settings. And that is mostly what I still work in, but, but also gender-based violence, violence against men, violence against children more generally as well. But I, I guess um, if you can say it in such a way, my first love would be sexual violence against women. And mm. which areas of the world are you working in? Um, mainly Global South. So when I started, I would say when I started, it was mainly Africa. I did a lot of work in, in, in the central parts of Africa, a Great Lakes region like Rwanda and Burundi and the DRC, places like that. But increasingly, I'm doing work in South America and Latin America as well. Um, I've, done, I've done empirical work in Middle East and Eastern Europe, but it would still, I would still say, I guess, 70% um, of what I do, like our empirical work is in Africa. But say in the last four years, it would be at least 21 different countries in the world. And how much of it is actually in South Africa, your own country? No, not that much. I would say most of it. Um, every, I always have a project running in South Africa that I that I do because um, I I try to work actually in my local community as well. So there's always something running, um, and and I've done I would say two fairly big projects on sexual violence and religion in in South Africa itself. But most of the really big projects are in, are in different, in other countries. Can you give me some examples of some of the places and projects you've worked <coughs> on in the last couple of years? 
Oh, yes. Um, so um, I'll give you some examples of current projects and then kind of as they jump out. Um, I'm currently working in Zambia with um, the Zambian Anglican Church and their Mother's Union and Episcopal Relief and Development, which is an American organization. And we're looking at at the Anglican Mothers Union and Violence Against Women and Violence Against Children to look at this institution and how it is complicit, but also how it resists in the gender constructs that promotes violence against women and violence against children. And um, we're, we're using really fun and innovative, innovative methodologies for that. So that's in Zambia, um, starting a project now in Liberia um, <coughs> around a, a baseline for a new intervention that's being launched, working with religious leaders around gender-based violence. Um, I'm part of a bigger project in Colombia looking at internally displaced communities and the role of faith, um, specifically looking at the issue of human flourishing, the bigger project, but but my angle on it is looking at sexual violence in internally displaced communities. Um, I did work in Sri Lanka and in Senegal and Peru on the role with a with a big faith-based on organization on the role of faith identity in the in the work and motivation of of their staff and those that they work with um done lots of work in in the congo the democratic republic of congo and rwanda and burundi um and angola we did work on on christian african leadership so general the theme would always be something religion um but but increasingly it's not only uh christian religion so we just completed a project around child marriage and and resistant religious leaders that looked at christ christianity islam and and um hindu hinduism um so so it's really been interesting to start branching out and not only looking at religion from from a Christian perspective or in Christian settings and Christian communities but from different faiths and also in in really integrated mixed faith communities. So what are some of the ways that religion interfaces with this question of, of gender-based violence and sexual violence? Um, the key thing you know if I if I give my one-minute spiel mm. the key thing would be that what all religions pretty much all over the world it doesn't matter what setting have in common is that they're quite patriarchal so so your your key link that you have through a religious institution like a church is that that the leadership is male and the power of those leaders is based on this idea of of masculine privileging and as those working on on sexual violence on gender-based violence would know to address it you have to you know deconstruct dismantle patriarchy um, and and work towards a system where men and women are valued equally that that recognizes difference but value equally and to engage in such a process would require those in power to give up power and um, and and that they don't easily do so so not only do we see that um that religious institutions 
do not want to address gender-based violence. In most settings, we actually see that they are crucial institutions for upholding patriarchy, so for um, upholding this this idea that men are more important and and more powerful than women. So it it really it's it's a very challenging field to work in, and I think that's why many people who work on gender-based violence practitioners that don't work with religion actually just see religion and religious leaders as the ultimate evil because they really it's a very difficult space to um, to work in, but. Obviously, I think it's it's so necessary just because religion and religious leaders are so influential in what people believe and practice around what a man is and what a woman is and, and how, re, how they relate to one another. I mean, have you found religious leaders or have you had experiences where they were open to changing or reforming their ideas in conversation with you? Or what is the what have those conversations been like? So... All over the world, you you definitely find religious leaders that are willing to to you know look in a new way at it. I mean, our units and myself, we're not launching these interventions. So what we do is you know we would track it, say with an organisation or do inline evaluations or things like that. And in that work, really had um, you know powerful conversations and, and you know interviews and focus groups where you really see especially when you're doing longitudinal research and tracking a research leader how that change comes about um, the, the the big challenge is um, gender-based violence isn't Ebola with Ebola for example if 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 you know you know the disease and 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 the course of its progression in some parts of Africa intervening on it and having people change certain practices really easily and quickly they could see the benefit of doing it so there were less infections and less people dying it was a really clear almost cause and effect um, with gender-based violence it's a very long process and it's not a once or three day training and now you have fundamentally changed how a person thinks very often in that three-day profound training, they do rethink and, and, and they do kind of see, wait, 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 I should think about this in a different way. But then if you return to your community where all those norms are firmly in place, um, where all those structures enforce certain ways of thinking and behavior, it's so easy to relapse. So that's the cha- challenge with gender-based violence work is that it, it needs to be long-term and... and um, but, but I have worked with, with faith leaders where you've really seen this and, and when they've really embraced this way of, of seeing men and women as equal, but have really connected it to their faith, so they see this as the way God wants it to be, it can be incredibly powerful in their community. You know, you're a sociologist, so as I understand it, one of the main things you're doing is kind of tracking and, you know, observing and uh, seeing how these things are going. How do you balance that with your own kind of, your own desire to intervene or to change mm-hmm. these structures? Is that an ongoing challenge? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely an ongoing challenge. Um, I think maybe because of the space that I work in, I'm, I'm, I'm not an academic doing research to build an academic career. I'm a researcher working with organizations 
that are you know practicing they are practitioners and they want to bring change so um to that enables me to almost have like a two-step process that i would do the research and you know as objectively as as anyone can position themselves um, and interpret it but based on that always a big component that our our partners and our clients ask us for is so okay so based on this what do you recommend um so i guess in terms of that what do you recommend section uh gives uh opportunity for the activist in me to really respond to okay how 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 do we think about this how do we respond um it but but even in that role to be constantly on my toes to not be enforcing a certain view um, of what equality should look like, of what a woman should look like, of what freedom should look like. And I, and I guess that's the challenge for any person working and engaging with a culture that's not their own. So even in that activist space to be, um, to kind of keep on reminding myself to try and be as aware as I can of my own biases and prejudices and um, you know, not to push my own advocacy agenda too strongly. Yeah, so I guess I'm really interested in this question still you've, you, about the role of religion. And as you say, it, um, one of the main things you've you know, seen is the way that religion can reinforce patriarchy. And I assume you mean across mm. religious traditions. I and mean, one mm. question would be, I would have is, how do you deal with the fact that there's different religions and there's different traditions and maybe you come out of one of them, but how do you work when you're working mm. across traditions? That's one, one thing to think of, I would like to ask you about. The other is... Um, in addition to that, the way that religion can enforce patriarchy and can in some ways you know, lead to more violence and gender-based violence and sexual violence, for example, have you found resources where religion has provided a kind of transformative um, moral resource or? So maybe responding to the last question first and then you'll probably have to remind yeah. me of the first question. Sure. Um, so a, a big, I, I would say development or trend in terms of faith-based responses to gender-based violence um, in its various forms is really to be engaging with sacred texts. Now, you know, if you are religious, if you're Christian or, or, or Muslim or, or Jewish, you know, if you have this central text, that would be maybe obvious for you. But within the international development field, it's really not obvious. There's always been a great hesitancy to engage with the religiousness of religion um but but we've really i would say in the last seven or eight years seen it seen how especially faith-based organizations have been developing materials often with the communities that they're serving that engages with the bible or the quran around specific issues so you say that the Bible says this and this, but let's go and look at those texts. Is that really what it's saying? That kind of thing. So, uh, you know, biblical exegesis kind of model. So doing simple Bible study. So that has really um, been a very, very powerful way of working with religious leaders and religious communities. And in various evaluations that have done of such programming, this is what religious leaders have said have convinced them of the truth of gender equality is, is that this link was being made between their religion and these new new principles 
that was being espoused. You know, if you if you walk into these religious spaces saying human rights or, you know, it's a human rights thing or, you know, gender equality is just true, it's just usually thrown out the window saying, oh, Western ideas, Western ideas, this doesn't relate to us. So that connection needs to be made. Um, and where it is, it's really powerful. And then this way that answers the first question I had, which had to do with how do you do this across religious traditions? But as you say, mm. you can bring up this question of sacred texts in, in mm. different religions. And yeah. I, I think in terms of the work that's being done and how we understand religion and working with religion around gender-based violence, I think that's one of the big gaps. So there's been good work and good material available working with religions with the sacred text, uh, but we know very little about working with religions that religions that don't have a central text but is uh you know for example more of oral tradition or are very spiritual into um you know having spiritual experience how to engage with that so 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 the field is very focused on you know the research around christianity secondly you know, Islam, and with the rest, uh, there's actually very little. I imagine in the international development field, there would be at least some people who think, well, the, the goal is to get rid of religion. I mean, oh, yes, yeah. yes. Is that a kind of debate you've had? Oh, yes, many times. But but I wouldn't say debate because you can't really debate around it. it um, because with people that, you know, just get religion off the table, there's if I think of every case where I've been in like really uncomfortable conferences or conversations, there has been such negative personal experiences around religion. Then on top of that, really horrendous experiences in communities of horrible things being done and justified by religion. So there's so much emotion when you when 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 you engage around it. And I mean, there are times that I also just feel like seriously did you just say that and say god says that you know the the international development field in the last 15 20 years has been paying increasing lip service to religion so it says work with religion but if you look at how it's comfortable doing it it's often in a fairly instrumentalizing way so service delivery or something like that like i said they have difficulty with the religiousness of religion um, and I think in some cases I can really understand it, you know, in certain countries, religion and politics are so intertwined um, that for, a, say, a humanitarian organization to even, you know, touch on religion is to be entangled with, with politics that it just has to avoid. Um, so I'm not saying, oh, everyone has to work with religion. Uh, I am saying, though, that this absolute black and white religion is evil never work with it is a very illogical um unworkable idea L religion plays too big a role in too many people's lives what i really do believe is if we want to eradicate gender-based violence and gender inequality you can't ignore religion it's it's too powerful it plays too big a role in people's beliefs and behaviors so I, I it's not the answer it isn't oh work with religion and you'll fix it there's it's a it's a complex issue and it needs many actors to respond in certain ways but 
If you don't want to work with religion, you're never going to fix this. To learn more about CTI, visit our website at ctinquiry.org and follow our pages on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review.